my name is Tracy Sinclair. Welcome to Coaching in Conversation. is a chance to discuss and explore not just how we can keep developing and maturing as coach practitioners, but also to consider how coaching is evolving and its future potential and place as a powerful vehicle for human development in today's and tomorrow's world. I'll be sharing some of my own thoughts on these topics and we will also hear from some great guests from around the world who bring their unique experience and perspectives. And this time with a wonderful colleague, Karen Dean. Karen is a master certified coach with the International Coaching Federation, who has been coaching for over 30 years. She has more than 15,000 client hours with many individuals, teams, organizations, all over the world in at least 22 different sectors. Karen is also a published author and has written a book called Stories, The Flowing and Falling of Being a Coach. And she has also created a concept called Me, My Coach and Me, My Team, which really aims at supporting the resourcefulness of practitioners and teams in a coaching process. Karen is also a wonderful human being, very creative, very compassionate and very passionate herself, passionate and compassionate around the work that she does. I also had the privilege of talking to Karen and she shared something about a very personal journey that she has been going through this last year, which she has reframed into what strikes me as an incredible opportunity for her own learning, her own growth. And she shares some of those things in this episode, which I really personally believe offer really significant wisdom to all of us as practitioners, but also as human beings. I've called this episode Utterly Present and Curiously Absent. I hope you enjoy. Hello, Karen. Thank you so much for coming and having a conversation with me today. I really appreciate it. And I know that we've already been talking for a few minutes and I'm already noticing I'm excited for the conversation that we're going to have. So thank you so much. Oh, you're really welcome. And I I have to admit, I woke up this morning completely full of beans and thinking, wow, I'm going to have this conversation with Tracy. So uh, that's super that we're we're in sync. That's marvellous. Well, uh, as we've already said before we started recording, we don't quite know where this is going to go. But maybe to start us off, I'd love for you to share a few words around what is it, what is it that brought you into coaching as a way of working, as a profession? What, what was it about coaching that pulled you in? Yeah. I think there are a couple of things from my background. So I'm uh, a scientist by training and was um, a fellow of the Institute of Medical Laboratory Science. And then I had a complete change to 
I worked with Marks and Spencer for 10 years. And in the latter days of that, I was chair of what was called the, um, the Corporate Marketing Committee. And my role was to influence all of the promotional factories in the business, whether that was for shop windows or point of sale, um, along with each of the buying groups that would be menswear, ladieswear or whatever. And my role was in half an hour to get them all to agree what would be the face of Marks and Spencer on the high street and who was going to have priority at that time. And somehow I, I seemed to be able to do that and always come to a conclusion that was equitable, even if there was a tussle along the way. And I was at the end of a feeling of no, no longer wanting to be part of a paternalistic corporate hierarchy, but a real pull to be somewhere more entrepreneurial and therefore self-driven. And, and so I left and, and built from there a curiosity around influencing and, and really understanding how to connect with others and come to a better outcome, which of course resonates beautifully with coaching. And the more I wanted to explore the inside out, the more coaching was emerging as a space in which one could work and deploy a skill like that. And coaching's been my full-time commitment for over 30 years now um, as uh, coaching one-to-one with teams and uh, the last few years as supervisor. And it's been my passion throughout. And I'm no less I'm excited, engaged, and curious now than I was at the beginning, but it's quite a journey. Yeah, yeah. And I can, as you're describing it, I can just see the energy in you as you're talking about that passion sounds just as vibrant today as it was 30 years ago. Yeah, very much so. Having said that, I will admit to times where that that passion and energy is dipped. Mm. Um, and and I think that's a natural cycle. So a phrase like, oh, I'm coached out, meaning, oh, can I just keep doing this? But that's often been for me on the threshold of creativity. So a time when something in me was building and needed to be refreshed. And I think um, ennui or boredom or, or feeling stuck is a time to build resources. And if we only look inside, we can find that energy has built there too. And there's then a choice as to where might I put this energy that I've been storing up. So um, I am aware that it's not always been on the up or always a high, but that there's a true flow to this. And I think it's a very natural part of of each stage of our transformation. Mm. Gosh, it's so interesting that you say that because just coincidentally, of course, if coincidence is a thing, um, over the last few months, possibly even a couple of years, I've noticed a slight sense of questioning and and a lull in some of my energy of thinking, am I still as passionate and still as up for it, if you like, for some of the work that I'm doing. And I noticed that initially I was really chastising myself for that, for thinking, well, I ought to be more on my game. I ought to be 
ready and prepared and 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 really living this dream of of, of this work. Um, and then I realized literally just the other day in having a conversation with someone that actually my energy was dropping for some of the more operational elements of my work that were taking up quite a bit of my time and what the what was wanting to come through was more creativity that there's a creativity a change going on in me in terms of the kinds of things I want to think about or write about or do that was being pushed down by so much admin or operational things it really resonates with what you're saying about this ebb and flow and how sometimes that that drop in energy could be something new that wants to come through. Mm, a sort of sense of a threshold. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you said, I was struck by, you've said a couple of times there, that inside out mm. element of this work. Do, do you want to say a little bit more about what that means for you? Mm. I think when I began, I was, I was outside in and, and very the incisiveness, the specificity, the particularity of of wanting to get it right, and I suppose we could label that um, as a, a sort of be perfect driver. And that's certainly something in me that has tremendous permission to just be good enough now. So I've evolved through that, but I began with an outside in, and then just realised that. In the moments when I was touching what was deeper and inside the client and in, and in parallel in me, then something very powerful, profound and more sustainable was happening. And, and I wanted to celebrate the, the flowering of the inside out and, and to work in that way. So um, it was more me noticing what the impact was or the quality of the conversation or the resulting outcome that that became more and more compelling and encouraged me to dig a lot deeper. So I, I remember doing what was called um, sort of self-esteem training and thinking about patterns of thinking and affirmations and language and then moving through neuro-linguistic programming and doing, um, you know, master practitioner and then evolving through that and noticing what were the principles from NLP that are in, indeed I continue to hold if I'm not going to just exactly be using at all times the processes that you're taught in NLP. But the beautiful way it introduces you to the, the, the thought, the language, the metaphorical nature of the way we are as human beings was a wonderful doorway to step through and then to refine further through what we would now recognize as, um, you know, more competency and through from skills to ways of being. But mm. it was definitely a journey. Mm. Yeah, and I noticed, you know, that journey that you're describing, I noticed how in my earlier years as a coach, I was probably also very focused on outside in terms of, how do I perform better with my clients? How, how do I serve my clients better? How do I know more things, more skills, more certificates, more knowledge, whatever it might be, more, more, more. Um, and one of the things that I, one of the biggest learnings I had actually when I was trying to prepare myself for my 
MCC application with the ICF was actually this realization that the development was me, was inside of me as a self as instrument, my being, as you you were just describing, which I'd love to come come back to in a minute. But some but something that you mentioned earlier could be really useful to explore here is you talked about being coached out. Mm. And I know also that there have been some um some trends and some themes showing up in our profession around the world around um burnout in coaches. And which is, as we know, quite prevalent in some of those professions that we might call the helping professions. I don't don't particularly like to associate the word helping with um, with coaching because I seem to think it implies our clients are helpless if if we can help them. But, you know, if we're in that category of being in service of other people, there is often a high level of burnout, isn't there, in practitioners who are very much at the front line of supporting other people's well-being in some way. Mm. Um, what's your perspective on that? You talked about being resourced and being or being coached out. Mm. And I know this is part of your your work. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think being coached out, feeling burnt out, feeling overwhelmed, um, Feeling lost uh, are all states to be recognized. And if we're talking inside out, it may seem like a cliche, but truly the most valuable resource we have is, is ourselves. And in supervision, I hear often the desire to, to give, to be available, to be in service, to juggle so many things, even within the client base, never mind within the whole context of of a coach's life, at the expense of the self-care. And I cannot stress enough, if we are the instruments of our work, we are the fundamental gift of our life. And in our growing and becoming more of who we are and more purposeful, more available, um, with greater wisdom, with more to offer back out to the world, then it's so important that we we see all of our value and honour it and care for it. And I think that's been my most profound learning over this last year. Mm. for sure and it's okay to be burnt out take a step back and refresh but truly listen to that inner voice what what do I need what would be valuable for me how can I honor myself what would be the most respectful thing what am I choosing how do I reintegrate all of me and and it's um it's work that we can't ignore, I believe, and it's a journey that our clients will be on. And and we need to be, I believe, sometimes a couple of paces ahead of where they are. Um, and in from that still place of not knowing and yet having been curious and and sought to to truly value, 
then we're in a place where we can truly value our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the phrase, utterly present yet curiously absent, as the characterization of coaching. And at all times in these days, my intention is to have what I, I call light effect. What's the minimum I can do that gives the maximum space to the client? such that they have um, the deep effect that they desire and that I'm bearing witness to that. Mm. It, it sounds as though, or my sense is with the way certain conditions are in our world right now, that this is an ever critical balance to strike. And I know, like you mentioned, supervision conversations. I've had conversations with coaches in supervision as well, very recently, several conversations where Coaches are not only thinking about how can I be utterly present and curiously absent for my client, but also the fact that they are also, as human beings, at the behest of some of those challenges to their own well-being. And and where is that line? I'm noticing some coaches navigating, quite having to navigate quite carefully that line between how much do I Am I transparent and open and vulnerable to meet my clients as equal human beings to show empathy and compassion? And at what point does my challenges as a human being in in our world today spill into that work where I'm then not curiously absent? Mm. there's There's a fine line, isn't there, that this resourcefulness is so important. And I was just struck by what you said, we have to be one or two steps ahead. Mm. So that self-care as part of our preparation or our readiness to to coach is ever more critical right now. Yes. And and I'm hearing the self-care and I'm I'm hearing uh, vulnerability is the word that um, is resonating very deeply for me. And and at this point, if I may um during this last year um i've been cancering so as we're speaking tracy i've just completed my fifth chemotherapy post surgery um for breast cancer and and i have my sixth and final one yay next wednesday provided my uh, white blood cells perform otherwise it'd be a week later and and what that's meant for me as um as a woman and as a human being and in my practice has been quite profound making a choice and seeking to understand what's the degree of disclosure i bring to my clients because what might it trigger for them and mm-hmm. and how how might i maintain my potency credibility as the coach and still be going through something that was going to be very, very difficult and challenging. And and it certainly has been. And I've had lots of different um, strategies for coping with uh, what's arisen during that time. But what I found was I shared with every client that I was now on this journey. I gave them a choice as to whether they would like to continue working with me. And if they did, then 
could we agree flexibility around the diary as I was unsure how the impact of the side effects of chemotherapy, for example, might be and what that would mean. And, and that takes some doing when normally we bring, um, we're hoping to bring all of our way of being, but very little imposition of what's going on for us at the moment in the context of the boundaries of the coaching conversation. Mm-hmm. But to offer the vulnerability and do it lightly but authentically um, meant the outcome was wonderful. All my clients stayed with me and I've, I've shared with them what an absolute joy it is to suddenly find myself in front of a screen because I can't meet one-on-one because of the immunosuppression. But to be in front of the screen and utterly engaged in what's happening for them. So it's heightened my capacity to be 100% in the space of the client, noticing, listening, being with. Even as I'm talking to you now, Tracy, I've got that sort of um, prickles all across my shoulders and up into my head um, and that feeling the warmth in my chest and and noticing how my body's resonating with what I'm hearing from the client and and in this conversation, and uh, and that has just become such a heightened awareness that I have, and I absolutely relish my time with clients, and uh, and I'm and I've paced it, and there are times when I'm saying no. And also this sort of, oh, should I be doing more networking? Should I be out there selling my business? What am I going to do? How am I going to get my next clients? How much posting shall I do? There's so much pressure. And, oh, go, ooh, those, those coaches are doing all of that, but I'm not doing much of that. What am I going to do? What if I don't get clients? So all of that internal talk and anxiety that comes I've been able to make some profound decisions about how much specifically where, whether it fits for my personality and style, is authentic to the way I want to be as a coach, and then sweep aside all other distractions and um, places where my energy may be more depleted or doesn't need to be placed because I'm seeking to self-care and preserve. So that's just part of the journey for the moment. And I'm very optimistic. Um, Mm. My my cancer is stage three, um, which means it it was in my bloodstream. And um, but I'm I'm really optimistic. And at many levels, uh, it's a gift and a curse. Mm. But I will I will carry forward the gift for sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I know this is a very, it's a very significant personal journey and there's such a lot of wisdom in what you're, what you've described here, Karen. One of, one of the things that resonates, well, there's so many, so many avenues I could explore with you now because there's so much in there. But one of the things that really struck me by what you said was that we can somehow sometimes think that if we have such a big personal experience going on whatever that might be we question you know can I therefore still be available for someone else 
And what you've just described is very beautifully, actually, is how not only, yes, I can still be available for someone else, but perhaps my personal experience enables me to be more available for someone else. And you you made me think about a story that a friend of mine shared many years ago who had um, was diagnosed with HIV, was HIV positive and became very poorly, had a, a brain infection, that a brain virus that was triggered by the repressed immune system. And um, I remember him saying to me once when I was visiting him in hospital and he said, it's lovely to see you because I thought maybe he was too tired. And he said, it it doesn't matter how much energy I need for myself. There's always a pocket of energy for you. Mm. And and I I thought, gosh, that was just amazing at that time. And it just it just resonates with me with what you're describing there, that there is something that you're holding for yourself in terms of your energy, but you're somehow able to have think you described heightened senses heightened availability for someone else yeah and and I think what has been brought in stark relief is that sense of in the self-care truly examining what is it to love me to invite joy into my life to understand the power of forgiveness and and to relish and celebrate the freedom that comes with that. A life lived with love, joy, forgiveness and freedom is is a beautiful life. And, And what that does is it flows through, it fills up your heart, it overflows and it flows out um, and touches others and then comes back to us many fold and I want to say that with with humility and and know that this is my journey so I'm making no assumptions or um, expectations or or anything of anyone else I can only describe how it's been for me but so those things and understanding sometimes that in in service I was suppressing joy or I'd forgotten how to find it in those days when um, I was feeling, as we were discussing earlier, more coached out, whatever it is, but it begins with love. And, and in that place, then we can more deeply trust ourselves and in trusting ourselves, we can create the connection with others and encourage others to trust their inner guide mm. to whatever it is they choose to do and um, and be in their lives so that uh, is so clear for me now at the mm. uh, coming toward the autumn of this journey um and um it, because we began in january with the diagnosis and it will take me through to december mm. Mm. I mean, so much wisdom in there for any any of our coaching community out there that might be listening to this. I was just hearing so many life lessons that you're sharing there in terms of, of how we can try to engage and nurture ourselves. And 
this idea of love that you mentioned, it reminds me of when I trained as a counsellor many years ago before becoming a coach. There was a concept that we were taught of, that was detachment with love, mm. which really reminds me of the utterly present and curiously absent idea that there is um, an enormous connection, mm. but at the same time, a level of attachment so that we're navigating that boundary. Mm. Mm. Very much so. Very much so. And in that in that inner conversation i for me the idea of battling fighting winning destroying what is my cancer which has been living with me for i don't know how long but is part of me um just felt dissonant um that inner conflict to encourage that just didn't feel right. So I, I gave my tumour a name and her name is Molly. And Molly and I eventually got into some very lovely conversations and she's guided me well. And in guiding me, my, my sense is dissolving um, and, and responding to the treatment so I felt I had a job to do with the um with the doctors with the chemotherapy with whatever they were doing then we all had work to do together and again once again everyone's cancer journey is utterly unique for them and we must all make choices for how we um relate and navigate and for some we have good outcomes and for others uh, the outcome is death and and it's a serious business but i'm i'm sharing what what my uh representation and orientation has been mm. Mm. I, i'm so powerfully struck <clears throat> excuse me karen by that reframing that you've done of your relationship you know so many people describe battling with cancer don't they fighting destroying battling those kinds of words that evoke a very particular perspective or relationship with what's going on inside. And yet you reframed that to one of being alongside Molly and, and having a very different kind of relationship, which in if anything is is epitomizing a principle of coaching, isn't it? That we're inviting clients to reframe beliefs, reframe perspectives, etc. And I'm wondering, and as, as you know, I'm fascinated by this idea of how how can coaching as a way of communicating or being with self and others goes beyond a skill, goes beyond a set of competencies, or even goes beyond a profession. What what are you what are your perspectives now, given where you're at right now as a human being, a woman, a professional? What are your perspectives at the moment on what coaching could mean in our world, what it could become, what it could contribute. Mm. Mm. What are we working with here? I think the um, the capacity to to connect, to develop a bond of greater trust, to share a space that 
alive with curiosity to create new and different ways of being um, is utterly at the center of who we are as human beings and is the very essence of what we set out to do in our coaching conversations. And I think we have an opportunity to amplify that natural talent in all of us and and use it wisely and that we're very privileged to be encouraged to that degree of knowing and invitation to connect regardless of whom we're speaking with and um, and within good boundaries and permissions and the coaching contract no there's a formality to the way we do that but I think taking that capability and and honoring it signposting it offering it experiencing it sharing it with others means that we can build the, the word waves coming to me but it's it's like it's communication that comes in waves but creates an upward spiral if that doesn't sound strange and um you know increasingly coaches are are finding very particular avenues down which they wish to um travel and pay attention to the world in um in very well defined ways be it climate coaching or um, or coaching uh, people to understand how they're they're going to influence in minority, how we support um, and and amplify the talents in neurodiverse individuals. So there are so many opportunities, but the absolute essence of this is how we connect with self and other, and uh, and it makes me feel so optimistic about what is possible because in core skills of managing um in you know anyone leading others in working in teams uh we're in conversation the whole time and if we were in a place where we were willing to offer our thinking transparently um able to do that with courage and vulnerability and that we were seeking to be curious and honoring the other person what what might we achieve and and i believe potentially it's um it's an underpinning to the growth of the human race mm. so mm. um and and we're at the beginning beginning of the formality of that but but what i believe in is it's important that coaching if it's being put out there as a profession, has, has the boundaries, has the contract, has the competencies, has the ethics, has the professional frameworks. And with those, then we have freedom. So I'm a great believer in framework and freedom sitting together, juxtaposed, but absolutely. For human beings, when opposites come together, surprisingly, they're our most powerful moments. So I believe in um, the growth of the professional body and and the desire to raise standards and for 
and, and for people to put themselves on the line and work through their ACC, their, their PCC, their MCC, whatever it is, to continually challenge such that we are, are healthy, whole and appropriately in service of others. Gosh, that I'm holding that sense of frame and freedom, framework and freedom. Um, it just reminds me of, you know, all sorts of elements of psychological safety of, you know, the, the small child that has the framework of a playpen, mm. boundary of a playpen to give them the freedom to play and explore safely within it. And that's kind of replicated, I guess, isn't it, in how we want to hold a coaching conversation. So this idea of framework and freedom comes up. It's it's paralleled in many elements of coaching, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um I I'm I'm struck by um a thread that's run through our conversation around, you know, sometimes it's great and sometimes it's tough. Um and there are moments when we know it's worked absolutely beautifully and we've been completely in flow. And then at other times, for some reason, we co-create with the other person something that's deeply uncomfortable for both. And, and of course, that's why I, I, I think increasingly the connection to supervision and the importance of of building the muscle for self-supervision, for an inner voice to go, whoa, 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 there's something going off, you know, off the rails here, and to be able to self-correct in the course of the coaching conversation, and then to dig deeper and be more curious and and take to um, a reflective space, a journaling, and and indeed, um, I, I built a, an online resource the. Offering resources to coaches matters a lot to me. Mm-hmm. So that resource was me and my coach so that we could self-reflect in an informed space online, um, creating the framework for a very deep conversation with self in order to go back refreshed and um, be really clear on, on what is it we want to take to the client next time. Uh, and I think also that connects to the the flowing and falling. And my colleague, Dr. Sam Humphrey, and I wrote a book, Coaching Stories, Flowing and Falling of Being a Coach, to mark the stages through that 30 years um, of coaching and and times when it's been wonderful and times when I, I and Sam fell spectacularly to be so disappointed and so at sometimes disgusted with the way we behaved with the client and how it had finished up. But they are all moments of learning. Times of celebration are important to, to mark and amplify what's working and, and times to be with um, that which we feel is more shameful. And I think it's important that we embrace both. I know I did um, a demonstration as an MCC coach. Um, with uh, with coaches who were in mentoring and and questing for their next level of skill, and quite frankly, it was utterly appalling. It's one of the most dreadful demonstrations I have ever done. 
if ever I wanted to um, be pulled up short um, and learn, goodness me, that was not great. That was one of them. And, um, and it just goes to show that, you know, we're not, we're never going to be perfect because perfection is, is not desirable nor attainable. Um, but sometimes we then have to step back and learn, well, what was going on there and how did that happen? And how is this the gateway to my next piece of, uh, gold nugget that's going to carry me through? Um, so there we are, but we have an opportunity, Tracy, to, um, to continue to model, to encourage, to um, carry coaching in formal spaces and informal spaces, provided, of course, that we're not fixing or rescuing. Yeah, absolutely. And everything that you've been describing, Karen, seems so much in line with this philosophy that you shared of inside out, Mm. of you know, really to be in service of someone else. It's not just about constantly upgrading skills, although, of course, that's a very important part of it, as you described with the framework part and and the infrastructure, at least for those of us who are part of the ICF way of working. Um, we have that, that framework. Mm-hmm. Um, but also this real emphasis on self as instrument that the work that that who we are and what's going on for us and it does ebb and flow doesn't it it doesn't matter how many years of experience we have how many thousands of hours of coaching we've done we can still be slightly off one day and therein lies our learning experience if we can be open to learn but also compassionate with ourselves yes absolutely compassionate with ourselves yeah that one yeah yeah well I could talk to you for hours Karen I I I just love these conversations but I guess we're maybe coming to a a natural pause um before we close off is there anything else that you would like to to share for our listeners um that you feel would be useful and and honoring of of where you are right now um, I want to share my my vision for where I'll take my practice, and that's in the space of team coaching. We are in such turbulent, challenging, unpredictable, sometimes terrifying times, and collaboration at the heart of of what we need to do as we navigate um, really matters to me an individual's voice being heard within the context of a group our rights in the team to be part of something that is is energized is is efficient is engaged um, is infused those that state in in collaboration with others, I think is something so important. And I'm aware that team coaching is rising in um, uh, in need and responsiveness from the coaching profession. Mm-hmm. And and I really want to put all my attention, having been 
in effect so isolated through this year. Um, for me, it's how as coaches we're going to touch others in a in a safe and provocative and yet compassionate way that enables groups of people to come together and and find their meaning and their their motivation and their way of working and and be members of of something powerful and purposeful and so my 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 vision and my work next year will be um in the in the team space and and resourcing coaches to work um in what i call the me my team way and and that just leaves me with such excitement tracy i'm so glad to be coming to the end of this treatment and know there's um there's such a, an engaging lovely path down which i'm going to walk and uh, and i'm really really looking forward to it mm. Mm. Wow. Well, I would encourage anyone listening to this to have a look at your resources because having seen them myself, I know, and your book is beautiful. Um, these are very important resources for our profession. And I have a sense that our profession is potentially coming into its own mm. within rather challenging circumstances. So there's an enormous opportunity here, isn't there, for for coaches to make a, an even more significant contribution and wave with an upward spiral as you described it before um, in society so thank you so much I can't thank you enough Karen I know that this has been an, an, a, 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 a difficult and interesting year that you have traveled in such an elegant way which does never surprise me with you um, and I hope that you're your final treatment goes really well and I look forward to catching up with you very soon. Thank you again for sharing today with me. No, thank you. I've loved our conversation. I really appreciate just having this space and time with you and uh, it's been a joy. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. You have been listening to Coaching in Conversation by Tracy Sinclair a podcast aimed at exploring how coaching is a vehicle for human development in today's and tomorrow's world. You can learn more about coach training and development at tracysinclair.com and follow us on social media. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating and review and also share it with your networks to help us expand our reach. Thank you for listening and see you next time.